0: Hey, this is Eric C. Rose. You're listening to the Songs for Worship podcast. Our goal here is to promote music for the church that draws our hearts into reverent, Christ-centered worship. I'm really excited for today's episode. We're just coming back from a bit of a summer break. I've been spending some time writing and planning for the next phase of the podcast. We're going to be sharing some music from contemporary artists who are writing specifically for the church, I'm also joined today by my brother Keith to discuss the music. We've been playing music together since we were kids in our basement bedroom, so it's especially fun to be able to discuss something that we're both really passionate about. I hope you enjoy today's conversation. I'm starting something new for the podcast, as we talked about. I'm starting kind of this this focus on promoting uh, newer music in the past episodes. I've done a lot of traditional music and music that we've been singing in churches for sometimes hundreds of years. But I've been doing a lot of looking, and I've found and been very pleased to find that there's a lot of new worship music out there that's good and, and I think could be really useful for the church. And so that's my goal, is to find things that the church can use. And so the following criteria is kind of what I've used to select some of those songs. Just five things. First, the songs need to be singable. Second, they need to be memorable. Third, they need to be lyrically well-written. They need to also be theologically accurate. And also, the fifth is it needs to say something in kind of a fresh, creative way. There's there's a lot of stuff out there that just says what's already been said before, or says it just using the same kind of Christianese language that, uh, that we're familiar with. But I think it is important to say things in fresh and in new ways. So first I'll, I'll read some info about the artists. Maybe I'll give some background, some of their discography and where they're located. And then I'll play a few audio selections. And after that, I'll ask you, Keith, for your thoughts, and maybe I'll give some of my thoughts as well. So okay. the first one is uh, Kenwood Music. Kenwood Music is a music ministry of Kenwood Baptist Church in Louisville, and I corresponded with Matt Demico. He's the music director there, and he also wrote this this piece of music called In My Place. So they've done a couple of different uh, music projects. They did Uh, seven-track album called No Grave Could Keep in 2015, and they did another one in 2017, and then this most recent one in 2020. So let's just jump right in and and give that one a listen. Okay. I'm going to stop it there. I really like this one. Do you have any thoughts about that one?
1: Yeah. I, um, I really enjoyed this one too. I think I've, I think I've heard some of their stuff before, but, Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I had never heard this, this song before and I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I like the movement of the text. Mm -hmm. It starts with, talking about the holiness of god and then there's a natural progression from focusing on god's holiness to awareness of sin and man's sinfulness um there's a nice reference to psalm 130 um if you numbered our sins um and then it kind of goes on from there to talk about substitutionary atonement Mm -hmm. in the chorus you know sin is covered guilt is is removed um idea of christ taking the place of the sinners it's a very very powerful but it's also as i thought about kind of read through the lyrics and thought about how it's laid out it's also very very thoughtfully arranged i appreciate that
0: yeah and i thought there was a really nice union i guess between the the text and the the melody too they went they went well together
1: the melody it grew on me at first i thought okay this is a little boring there's mm. a little bit of repetition but you know, as I listen to it a couple times, I, I appreciate there's actually kind of a tension that's being built in the in the verse, and then it sort of breaks off into these different melodic motifs in the chorus. It's very singable, mm-hmm. um, so it's it's a really small range, so really easy for the congregation, and then kind of I really fits with the criteria that that you've laid out for something that's, that's both singable, but also memorable and interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, yeah, it, it really grew on me the more, the more I listened to it.
0: Me too. It, I found that one was kind of playing in my head throughout, throughout the week, uh, as I listened to it. So that's always a good, a good sign when something is stuck in your head. There are a lot of churches that, that have done projects like this. Um, and I, I really I like the idea of, of churches writing kind of within local churches. Uh, I I spoke with one one artist who their church had been preaching through the Gospel of John, and so so their their musicians got together and they all wrote music based on the Gospel of John, uh, just from the sermon series. So I think it's a cool way to bring bring the church community together around a project.
1: Yeah, and I I think it creates this organic expression of mm-hmm. faith. And mm-hmm. I I really believe the music of the congregation should be a reflection of that congregation. Yeah. You know, we're not trying in my little church uh, here in Charlotte, North Carolina, we're mm-hmm. not trying to sound like, you know, a, a big mega church, we're not trying to sound like a, you know, a super professional classical musician church, you mm-hmm. know, it's just simple. And, mm-hmm. and I think if you if you have the talent and the, the the gifting in your congregation, to to actually write music, that can be an even deeper expression of that um, kind of be a, a united voice. And there's, there's something that's you know, obviously it's, it's in the broader tradition of the faith and, and the broader tradition of you know, church music historically, but then it's this unique expression of it that is, it's really beautiful and uh, and really powerful too. And I think it helps unite a congregation in, in the worship time.
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely. Shall we move on? Or actually before we move on, uh, I'll tell the listeners where they can find more from Kenwood music. So, they have music up on Bandcamp. They also <clears throat> excuse me, they also have music on YouTube, Amazon, Spotify or at their church website. You can find their music at kenwoodbaptistchurch.com.
1: Definitely going to check check this one out uh, yeah. for for my church going to yeah. work it into the You
0: know, I found a lot of new music, and not all of it's going to be right for my church necessarily, but but like you were talking about, every church has its own kind of musical needs, and some songs might, might fit a place where we may be lacking, and some we may just pass by. All right, so Todd Wright is the next artist. He is a worship leader in Texas, and he's been doing music for... I found albums back to, I think, 2013. So he's, he's released quite a few different albums, so you can check those out on his Bandcamp page. He is actually also has his own podcast, and that's called The Average Everyday Worship Leader. So if you want to check that out, feel free. Uh, let's jump right in and listen. This is Todd Wright's cover of The Love of God.
1: And mountains call, God's love so sure, shall still endure, all measureless and strong.
0: You have any thoughts on this one?
1: Yeah, I've I've always enjoyed this song a lot, and I I think his his version of it reminds me a little bit. I think Alison Krauss might have done it, oh,
0: and has yeah. a
1: little bit of that kind of feel mm-hmm. to it. Um, I appreciate what he does with uh, the melodic phrases. He kind of makes them his own and mm-hmm. kind of adds some nice. Nice little folk twists to them, but it's still it's still simple enough and still true enough to the original that I think is very singable um, Mm -hmm. for for a congregation.
0: Yeah, I think definitely some kind of country influences maybe in in his music. Um, Yeah, I've always loved this one too. Just the the imagery of it to me it's very it's easy to to get into those word pictures. That, that he uses. This was um, written by Frederick M. Lehman in 1917. He immigrated to the States when he was four, and he studied for ministry at Northwestern College in Illinois, Naperville, so right near me. And then he was a pastor, and he actually wrote hundreds of songs throughout his life.
1: Did you, did you read when you were reading about him, I, I looked up a little bit about his inspiration for this song mm-hmm. and. Apparently, I guess he had sort of the idea for it for a while, but he was inspired by a fragment of a poem that had been written Hmm. by, I think, an inmate at an insane asylum. Hmm. And and so it had just written down kind of a scrap. um, And he somehow Lehman had heard this story and kind of gotten passed down. He did I don't think he even knew really the origin of it, but it, it really moved him. And, and there was a, I guess at some point he sort of took that as the basis, um, for, for a lot of this, a lot of this song. Wow. I thought it was pretty interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I did not know that. That's really cool. Um, yeah. So that's kind of all, all I had on on this one. Uh, he also has an, a contemporary arrangement of "The King of Love, My Shepherd Is." So that one's that one's a nice one to check out. Another good one. Yeah. Another thing I like about this, I like it when contemporary artists are going back and reworking uh, some of some of these hymns. I think there's there's a lot of value in them, and without um newer artists going back and doing covers of them i think sometimes they fall out of out of use and so that's another thing that i appreciate about about this so you can find his music uh, it's actually called the Todd Wright band on spotify apple and other places you find music and then also the uh the podcast he hosts called average everyday worship leader
1: one more thing on that i think like I like what you said about contemporary um, worship leaders, artists, kind of reinterpreting older, reinterpreting mm. older songs. I think sometimes it it takes somebody who has kind of a unique ear to hear something old mm. and and reimagine it in a more contemporary idiom, because sometimes. Especially if it's an old hymn, if we grew up hearing some traditional hymns, and we hear it a certain way, it's really hard to to get that out of our heads, yeah. and it, it just sounds it sounds kind of cheesy and old fashioned. But I love it when a worship leader or an artist can hear something from a different idiom, and they hear kind of past the idiosyncrasies of the time, and and they they reimagine it in a way that speaks powerfully to. Uh, to people today. And I think, yeah. I think he's done that with, with this song too.
0: All right. So next we have, uh, Mac Miodor. He is a worship and arts director in Austin, Texas. And I was excited to, to include this one. I really like, like his, his music. I was helping out a sister church in one of their worship services and we sang this song. Um, and I, I really loved it, and so it's a bit, a bit complex, but let's jump right in, and I'll just play, I'll just play this for you. Keith, what are your thoughts on this one?
1: I really enjoyed this a lot. Um, obviously, Psalm fifty-one is is a very important psalm. It's it's been you know an important part of Christian tradition, the Christian liturgical tradition you know, since the early church, and it's it's such a complete expression of repentance and a complete expression of the experience of God's forgiveness, um, it's very powerful. And, and I think it's it's interesting because different settings of this psalm tend to emphasize different aspects of it. It's, you know, the the created me a clean heart, O oh God, of mm-hmm. course. It was very popular back in the day, and of course, lots of other settings as well. I really like the way this kind of unfolds, I feel like a, a more complete Interpretation of the text than some settings do. He he really starts at the beginning and mm-hmm. then kind of goes goes through. And then I feel like it's pretty unique what he does in the chorus, emphasizing the the bones that, mm-hmm. that God has broken and, and rejoicing. So it's not just this sorrowful repentance song. It's actually really joyful and and it's it's beautiful.
0: Yeah, this came from from an album. I don't know if you read any about the album that it came from but it's called Summer of Psalms and over a summer uh, i can't remember how many how many songs there are in the album off the top of my head but over the summer every week he would take a psalm and and write a song about it and then he would just record it in his bedroom so you can hear the the recording quality isn't super crisp uh, either but but there's something about it that that is really, it draws you in. Um, there's a very intimate feel to the way that he plays, the way that it's written, and also even just the recording.
1: Yeah, I, I did have a chance to listen to a few of the other songs from that album, and, and I, I like them. I think this is my favorite of the ones mm-hmm. that I heard, but I like his style. I like his, have you ever heard of the group Fleet Foxes? I have, yeah. I I catch a little bit of that Mm -hmm. in some of his melodic um, choices and even some of the way I feel like he does a really good job of land of matching his text with his melody. Mm. And even, you know, not to get too in the weeds, but the way he, he goes up to let these bones and he just has that beautiful open O vowel on this high note. It's, it's gorgeous. And Mm -hmm. it's simple. Yeah. It's just, I, I really enjoyed that.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't say that probably most of the songs on the album I wouldn't be able to use in in a church setting, but they're all they're all thoughtfully written, they're all well written, they're just they're not necessarily suited for congregational singing with their complexity and the way that they're written.
1: Yeah, there's there is a there a lot of movement in the melody, I think, but at the same time, I do think Yeah, I don't I don't think I would probably be able to use this one with my congregation. Mm -hmm. But I think you could teach it to a congregation because there's enough enough repetition and he uses kind of these repeated melodic themes. And I think sort of this sort he's kind of jumping around on this pentatonic scale. And I think I think it's not too acrobatic that uh, that with a little practice you could could get. It is a stretch,
0: but I I think it's good for congregations to be stretched. Too. Oh, yeah. This is one of my stretching songs. <laughs> and have you done it maybe, with... I have, yes. Yes, I've done it with the congregation. How many, how many runs through do you think it took for them we to... We haven't done a it line? a lot. We've only done it a couple of times, but it was something they had done even before, before I was with this congregation. So, so it was something okay. they were familiar with. Okay, so you can find more of Mac Miodor's music on Bandcamp under his name Mac Miodor or on YouTube under the name Mac and the Bird all one word and he is also on Instagram so you can follow him there as well and then with all these these songs I'll post links in the show notes and I'll also post them on my website that finishes it up for today thank you Keith for, for talking with me
1: yeah thanks for having me on this was fun
0: Thanks for listening to the Songs for Worship podcast. You can find out more about today's artists by following the links in the show notes. You can also check out my website at ericcrose.com, and I'll have links posted there as well. As always, I'd love to hear from you. You can reach me on Facebook or on Twitter at Eric C. Rose Music, or you can email me at eric.charles.rose at gmail.com. You can also submit your music to the show for a chance to be featured on future podcast episodes. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, God bless.